Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And uh, this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, thanks for listening. We've, uh, we've got quite a bumper one for you today because apart from us having a bit of a conversation, uh, Mike Parry joined us and was as bonkers as ever, of course. <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah. madness. Callum Beatty, the uh, musician and singer, he, he came on. He was good fun. He was. Um, Clips and Striker, of course. Yeah, yeah we had some clips out. from 2003. Ian Stimson is uh, a candidate for Dad of the Year, as you'll discover. We'll uh, hopefully enjoy that story. We spoke to Ivo Graham, the Swindon town fan and comedian, celebrating promotion, didn't we? Jubilant. He was jubilant. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. yeah. Our man on it. TV, Mike Ward. Um, oh, we yes. won't bring you the whole of that, but there was a little section at the start where he, he revealed a very interesting fact uh, and so, uh, anyway, here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And congratulations to Illy Nastasi. He got hitched again yesterday. He's now been married five times. But, wow. of course, he's got, to make the, yeah, he's got to make this one work because there's no tie-break in the fifth. Oh, oh, beautiful. Oh, That's beautiful. Tennis. As an old mate of mine used there. to say, he, he must love the taste of marzipan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. And uh, did you see that story in the Sun today about a, a crisp packet from when you, England hosted Euro 96 as washed up on a beach? Yeah. It's thought that the walk, but it's got nothing to do with Euro 96. It's just a crisp packet that was found. It was in from the West Country. There were no games played down in the West Country. It's got absolutely nothing to do with Euro 96. It's a bag of crisps from. 1996, of course, uh, of course, publicised by Gary Lineker, who didn't play at Euro 96. No. Um, so I'm with you on that one, Andy. It is a bit spurious, isn't it? Yeah. It is a bit. And uh, news that the Dalai Lama is to release an album. Uh, wow. Apparently, it's his trip. Yeah, it's his tribute to Broadway musicals. Hello, Darling. It's called. That's, yeah, is it? Is <laughs> he? Like is he? A, if he's a big, if he's a big football fan, maybe we can get him on. I imagine he's big. <laughs> He likes Tibet, watches them. Uh, no, he doesn't like Tibet. I mean, he likes Tibet, is what I was trying to say. I'm not, not that I'm suggesting that the Dalai the Lama has a problem with gambling. The Tibetan yeah. FA have just got on to it. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. watching, talking of, I was watching uh, the second episode of the FIFA drama, El Presidente, about the FIFA corruption. Yeah, honestly, it's like the Sopranos without the murders. It's um, it's shocking. It is absolutely shocking. And uh, I was thinking while I was watching, I was thinking, what a difference this is. Compare this to the English game. Do you know what I mean? The thing that I watched at the beginning of lockdown about the origins of football in England and what had happened to it. I was thinking, what would Lord Arthur Kinnaird have made made of Don Julio Grondona? (laughs) Horrified (laughs) about this fellow, honestly. Terrible. Now, uh, table tennis news, and it's coming to an end. You might be interested in this. Oh, really? With the football returning, you may not have time. The football returning, I just won't have the time. The games have got to be played. There's only eight days left, but we we broke the record again yesterday. I mean, unbelievable. Tremendous. Uh, We we should point out, if you've just joined us, Andy, and his wife throughout lockdown they took up a new sport he took her basically couch to 5k the equivalent of in the world of table tennis she'd never played she was terrible at kickoff with he showed us videos at the start she she was blowing into it she had no concept of uh, what uh, as woody allen once said so um but now a rally of how many andy has broken the record how many shots well it's what they call in the ping pong rally game a magna carta 12 15 it's oh. unbelievable isn't it 12 15 oh. That's so I've fantastic. set a target now. 
That's Sid Waddell like that is. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much. Seven, <laughs> seven days yeah. left to see if we can get to 1,500. After that, it'll only be exhibition and celebrity games only. Oh, right. There won't be any. <laughs> <laughs> so t- talking it. to the football coming back, Andy, on a serious note, um, hearing the news there from Alex that uh, the, the Merseyside derby is going to take place at Goodison. We'll talk to Mike mm. Parry about that a little bit later on. I mean, it's, it's hard to think of any other fixtures now being sent to neutral venues unless fans of some clubs let themselves down and start to congregate and then they have to mm. do it. Based on that, if that game, with everything that could potentially be riding on it, is allowed to take place at Goodison and Liverpool, Liverpool can play at Anfield, then mm. surely uh, we can kiss goodbye at the neutral venues. Uh, you would think, because they're, they're, some yeah. of the other fixtures they came up with, you thought, yeah, kind of, but they're, they're certainly not as potentially high risk as Liverpool winning the title uh, at Goodison, which is a huge no, thing. It, look, so it's, they it's can trust them. The they should trust everybody. Yeah, it's down to the fans. Fans want to be trusted, so they, if they can show that, then I don't see any problem at all. It should be, it should be a, a good occasion. Yeah, not, not easy though. For you know, it's hard. You haven't won the league for thirty years. I do have some sympathy with them. No, no question about that. Uh, do you see that uh, sport is returning to normal? And South Australia state government has given the all clear for more than two thousand fans to attend an Australian rules game between the Adelaide Crows. Um, I might remind you, that's my team and the Big Bosses team. Oh, yeah. And uh, Port Adelaide this weekend. Oh so right, that's well exciting. that's the game. Remember, they were both put in the same hotel. But you remember, we were talking about that. Yeah, and yeah. The two teams were housed in the same hotel, and they didn't get on. They were saying, no. you know, they said the difference between us is, you know, you like uh, you like Chardonnay, we like a beer, um, mm. and uh, you're just not like us. We don't like you. So it all got quite personal. But I think no, they've they've put their differences aside. That should be quite live. That's probably going to be on BT on the weekend. Do you see uh, Ken? It's not, you know, I admire him actually. Uh, Bill Roach, who plays Ken Barlow. He ventured yep. outside yesterday. He's, he's 88 now. It's incredible. But wow. he's still got young, he's, but he's wearing a pair of shorts. He's basically got young hair and old legs. So if you look at the top of it, if you look at his head, you think, blimey, this bloke's about 60. You look at his legs, you think, oh, he's about 90, 95. That sounds like a slightly suspect country song, doesn't it? It does. You can just hear that being sung in Nashville. Nice hair. Uh, sorry, no, was it young hair, old legs? Yeah. That's, a, that's a beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Uber Eats have reported a big rise in online coffee orders. Hmm. You think, really? Who orders a cup? <laughs> Time it arrives. It's going to take about half an hour. It's going to be horrible. Especially on a motorbike. Hope it's got a decent <laughs> fixed lid on it by the time you get there. Bloke, I don't get that trying to ride a scooter with two hot cups of coffee in his hand. That would be great, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it? Not ideal, but there you go. Good. That's, that's you spent, is it, Andy? Absolutely. No, I'm not spent, but I'd say, I'd say that's enough for now. I think it's time to move, move forward with the show. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. If you just joined us, you may not know that the Merseyside Derby has been cleared to be held at Goodison Park. Um, so it's rather timely that uh, we should chat to Evertonian, friend of the show. We've been keeping an eye on him in lockdown, Mr. Mike Parry. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks very much indeed. And you're absolutely right. This is a very, very timely conversation I'm going to have because I've had it in my head now, the plan that I've got for the fans to be able to get involved in the uh, Merseyside derby. It could lead to uh, Liverpool winning their first um, Premiership title in 30 years. I have no angst about that whatsoever. I have no angst about them doing that at Goodison Park. But to get the fans involved, I've got this fantastic plan, guys, and it's called the Merseyside Spider, Okay, Right, yes. Now, the Merseyside Spider (laughs) means this. If you look at Goodison Park, like a lot of um, football grounds built in that era, you know, 150 years ago and whatever, mm-hmm. there are lots of little terrace streets around the ground. Two and a half sides of Goodison is surrounded by right. these wonderful terrace streets, you know, with these beautiful terraced houses, which two and three generations of families have lived in. If you let the fans walk around a six-mile route of terrace streets around Goodison Park, each two metres apart each carrying their club flag, each listening to the commentary on their phones in their ears because it's being broadcast on Talk Sport, you could involve thousands of fans on the day in the participation of the game without any risk to anybody, 
and without bre uh, breaching any, you know, social distancing rules. There's literally dozens and dozens of terrace streets around Goodison, and you could have the Merseyside snake or the Merseyside spider going on for six or seven miles throughout the 90 minutes of the game. Right. OK, well, it's a thing. I'm not sure the police would think, because there could be a, a bit of a tendency to... In the big moment, whether Everton win and stop Liverpool, yeah, doing goal it or Liverpool or doing like it, nope. is not yeah. to all suddenly nope. congregate on the ground. No, you would, but you you would you would trust in the sense and the yeah. common sense and the good heartedness of Merseyside people because that's what they're like, okay? And I'm telling you, it's a plan that when I make it public, it will be picked up by the fans and there will be an enormous flow of support for this. And I'm going to contact Everton Football Club and tell them about this. I'm going to contact the Merseyside police to tell them I've solved their problem. Can you not see it? Can you not see a march of people two or three miles long? You, and it would all be one way. You go up one street, turn left at the top, down the next street, turn right, up the next. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, all the, exhausting, all wouldn't it, for 90 minutes? you stay home and watch walk? it on the telly? No. I mean, you'd be no. looking through people's windows on these terrace no, no. houses watching the game, no, no. wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, but people can watch football on the telly all the time, but our grounds are always still full because people prefer to be there. They prefer to be where the action is, and they yeah. can get as close to the action by walking those terrace streets, right, in the district of Walton, in Liverpool, whilst football history is being made on the other side of those walls to go to some park. I personally think it's a brilliant idea. OK, Mike, well, we'll see what sort right. of feedback yeah, you well, get we'll from the club. Yeah, um, now, you know, I thought you'd like this story. This is a fairly recent story. University yes. researchers. It's a joint study from Reading University um, yes. and Ohio State. Uh, they have yeah. looked at basically in, into the fact that goals in football, they feel, are possibly yeah. too small for the size of the exactly. players. Does that exactly. sound familiar? Of course. My, well, they it say sounds my, absolutely familiar. Yeah, this is what I, you I, said, I, wasn't I, it? Your theory. Yeah, my Raise the Bar campaign now has been going on for two or three years. I've had mm. acknowledgement from Gordon Taylor at the Football Association. I've had acknowledgement from um, that great uh, bright referee, the guy who used to be a housemaster at Harrow, you know, David Ellery. David Ellery, yes, uh, yeah. He's acknowledged it. Um, I'm rather disappointed with Henry Winter, who is a, a very long-lasting pal and a regular uh, correspondent on your show, because I sent Henry all the plans for this. I sent him the diagrams. I sent him the, you know, the technical measurements of how big the goal would be later. And for some unknown reason, Henry hasn't written, you know, voluminously about it in the Times, <laughs> which I find, you know, I find very odd. I think Henry might have missed the trick there, because mm. if somebody else, some other universities now getting onto it, it doesn't blame me. Wasn't it just a few weeks ago, fellas, that some European goalkeeper, some goalkeeper on the continent actually commented about the fact that the goals are too small, nicking my idea? Yeah, quite possibly. It yeah, it, it's true, though. I mean, if your your original logic was yeah. right, if you look at goalkeepers yes. in the in the late fifties, people like Eddie Hopkinson and even right. Ron Spring, people they weren't big. These keepers, no. they they're not like no. Peter Czech or, or Courtois. Or, you know, well, six foot seven. Those Gordon no. Banks was just about six foot. You know, Ron Spring, as you quite yeah. rightly say, a great legendary Everton goalkeeper, Gordon West, wasn't even uh, six feet tall. And what's happened is because of nutrition and because of the fact that we all live better over the last 20 or 30 years, goalkeepers now are average height of about six foot four. Some of them, as we know, are six foot six or six foot seven. It's ludicrous that a goalkeeper can stand on his tiptoes these days and with a little hop, he can nut the crossbar. That's not what the crossbar was made for. The crossbar was made to, finally cut off the space of, 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 of air above the, the goalkeeper where the ball could go in. So, I mean, it used to be the goal, the goal post, no, the goal the, the crossbar used to be made of string. It wasn't yeah. there as a finite sort of position, you know, it was there to indicate that that's a goal and that's not a goal and it needs to be raised by at least six inches and I'll go blue in the face talking about it until it's done. Would you like to go back to the days of the string crossbar, Mike? I, I, think that would I work? would. Yeah, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? It'd have been a devil in 1966, though, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, well, it certainly would have been. It'd be a bit like playing football on the beach, really, wouldn't it? You know, there yeah. are no boundaries until it hits the water, you know what I mean? So yeah. so that would be a bit difficult. Now, fellas, I suppose you'd like to tell me, uh, you'd like me to tell you about my uh, campaign to get zoos permanently closed down, would you? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, if, yes. I, if, I, yeah. if I was in the zoo yeah. business, I wouldn't be massively pleased about this. <laughs> no. but, uh, well, yeah. well, 
Yeah, but as you know, fellas, I come from Chester, right? And yeah. Chester has got one of the biggest zoos in this country. And I, yeah. I think it's something like the second or third most popular tourist attraction in this country. And mm. I went to Chester Zoo, which is in a district of Chester called Upton, when I was a kid. And, you know, it was great looking at all the baboons and, you know, the elephants and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then as I've grown up and I've realised that actually zoos are animal prisons, I've turned against them massively. And oh. I think they should all be closed down because it's hideous in this day and age to think that we can take animals and incarcerate them in tiny little compounds and think that they won't suffer huge mental damage. And I'm quite serious about this, fellas. I think zoos are an absolute atrocity. And people say, oh, they do lots mm. of work, you know, for conservation. Well, you don't need to conserve animals to keep them in prison. I mean, for instance, do you guys wake up every day and say, my God, I don't half miss the dodo? Because the dodo is an Australian bird. Funny enough, extinct, I do. Okay? <laughs> 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 yeah. I, Mike, I went, I went to a zoo in Buenos Aires once and uh, they had, it was a boiling hot day and they had yeah. a polar bear. And I was struck with the same thing. Oh, no. This is disgusting. You can't give up. And then eventually they, they closed the city council, closed the zoo down, I think primarily because of this polar bear, which you could right. possibly keep I, in yeah, sort but, of you okay, know, but 90 just, degree I'm, heat. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Zoos would argue yeah. that they do lots of good work around uh, conservation and education. We don't and, want to conserve animals that can't survive in the wild. You know, Darwin was right. It's survival of the fittest. And, and that's the way the world was made, that if you can't survive in your natural environment, you don't survive but they don't lock them up in prison for the rest of their life now i saw a correspondent on tv that's mm. another medium not as good as radio of course fellas but you know we watch it occasionally and um and 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 this lady was standing in a viewing platform overlooking the giraffe enclosure at chester zoo okay and I thought the size of a giraffe and the size of the enclosure over which she was standing was nothing more than hideous cruelty. And the one, th the one problem we've got is if we do close all the zoos down, we could return a lot of the animals to the wild. We could actually take the animals to much better sort of areas to live in, like the Kruger National Park in South Africa. But I'm afraid we'd have to kill all the giraffes because you can't transport a giraffe because of its size. You right. simply can't in this country. Because we have bridges over roads and railways, you can't transport a giraffe. A giraffe can't lie down and it can't um, stand up straight uh, and bow its neck to get under bridges. I mean, it How could, they get but it's in not the right. first place. That's why, <laughs> guess why, <laughs> giraffes don't have Uber <laughs> accounts. Yeah, yeah well, How do that, they get... Uh, <laughs> Well, they, they must be able to be transported. No, who who no, wants or, to transport? I mean, yeah. No, it's, not, giraffes, it's an, inter it's, yeah, it's it's an interesting theory. <laughs> no, no, no. All giraffes are yeah. second or third generation in zoos in this country. Yeah. So actually what they did is they got a few baby giraffes like 50, hmm. 60 years ago, right? And then they brought them here and, and, and they've been breeding. But you can't transport a giraffe. How would you get a giraffe, um, for instance, around the M25, eh? Oh, I don't, it lose its head. That first time <laughs> That's a good question. Look, Mike, it's, yeah. it's never yeah. been asked before just, on TalkSport. Just uh, very, very yeah. quickly. We've only got yeah. a few seconds left, but it's the anniversary yeah. of the first ever Oxford-Cambridge boat race, yes. isn't it, Mike? That's Is right. It, yeah, are, the, you the of, are, you, are you a fan of 1829. that sport? 1829. Well, listen, I'm not against it. I'm not against the elitism of Oxford and Cambridge. I think they're fine institutions. But what I would say is this. It's been going on for so long. Whichever boat is in the lead after the first six strokes <laughs> yeah. always wins. You've never seen uh, one of the boats overtake the other in the boat race. So what I'm saying is let's include <laughs> 16 of the top universities, rowing universities in this country, and let's have a, a group of 16, a draw, eight ties, four ties, two ties, and then the final on the River Thames on boat race day, but it shouldn't always be Oxford and Cambridge. It should be the best rowing crew. Fantastic, Mike. We covered some ground there. We'll catch up with you soon. All the best. Thank you for joining us. Okay, guys. There we are, Mike Parry. Everybody, if if uh, I Mum quite like the giraffes have next Monday, team. Have a great time. Um, Charlie the cabbie said he picked up a he picked up a giraffe three o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't go south of the river at that time of night, of course. And um, the boat race is there. the world's worst spectator sport because it passes right past my front door practically, and I go and watch it every year, and it's it's pointless. Beyond that race, though, Andy, there must be a university, inter-university boat race. So if anybody can tell us this afternoon, who are the best rowing, who's the best university rowing team in the UK? Because it's probably a good chance it won't be Oxford or Cambridge. Who knows? It no, might be. I'd imagine Durham, I think, are quite good. But I think Henley, there'd be sort of races between universities. But 
Yeah, but so who are the cups. best? They must have a, a big old FA Cup of uh, universe. I mean, really, I don't know if that's the heartland or not. <laughs> who are the best roars? We'll find out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Peter Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport uh, with Paddy Power, and that is uh, Callum Beatty uh, from his new album, People Like Us. That's the first track, uh, Mouth of a Tiger. And uh, Callum popped mm. in the source in the studio last year. Of course, we're in a very different world now, so that can't happen again. But uh, we're very pleased to say uh, he can join us uh, remotely. Good afternoon, <laughs> Callum. How are you doing, all right? Yeah, we're good, thank good, you. Thanks. Yeah, it seems like a lifetime away that we sat uh, less than two metres away from you in the Talk Sports studio. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We should have been social distancing. Yeah, well, even then, even when we didn't well, need no. to. We were all right then. <laughs> it was a good couple of years ago, it was fine. Yeah. So, look, well, well, look congratulations on the album. You've had, you've had uh, very, been very well received. You've been album of the week, and uh, it's doing well in the charts, so you must be chuffed. Ah, yeah, it's sort of done more than I expected really uh, for my first album um, we got number one in the Scottish album chart it is a thing believe it or not <laughs> and, uh, and number seven in the UK so um, I was delighted with that I'll take that any day of the week How frustrating is it not to be able to go and tour the album it must be Yeah I mean look it's not ideal um, but there's bigger things in the world right now than, than me playing a gig and you know, um, and my day will come again, so that you know, I can't complain too much. And I think it's actually quite nice to go back to basics again and, and get in, you know, sit in, in my bedroom and write songs. I've moved in with my, my old man, so it's nice to go back to that sort of stage of, sort of normality. So, yeah, I, I think um, it's got its good points as well. So. It's not, I'm trying to be positive about it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> we've, we've spoken to creative people during the sort of lockdown period, and some have said they've been able to concentrate on their music and write. I think Noel Gallagher was on the station a little while ago, said he's found it quite difficult to, to focus. I mean, it, it, I suppose it's different for everybody. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I found it a bit easier because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no distractions. <laughs> Yeah, I've basically got my guitar like jammed at the side of my bed, and you know, I, I mean, I was I, I sleep at weird hours now because obviously I don't need to get up for anything. So, you know, I was sitting playing the guitar till about half five in the morning um, this morning, and just coming up with different ideas and stuff. So, I actually quite enjoy the creative uh, process at the minute. What about uh, the football? Have you been missing that at all? Definitely. Um, for sure, I mean, I, I managed to catch a couple of German games, but it's, it's really bizarre, you know, when there's no atmosphere and no crowd. Um, I find myself just skipping it along until I see a bit of action, you know, in the in the goal. So, um, <laughs> aye, but, but, uh, but I think um, as well, I just I was thinking about the, the way the leagues um, have sort of finished and all the rest of it, and it's a shame. I, I would have liked to have seen the SPL sort of play out to the end. Yeah. We're quite a few points ahead. I think it was probably the, the fairer thing to do to play it out, but there you go. You're in a kind of, though you're from, or you, live in, you lived in Edinburgh, you're a kind of split Rangers Celtic household, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my mum's side, they're all Celtic, my dad's all Rangers, so if there was an old firm game, we'd have to um, go down the pub and sit at separate sides of the, the room. <laughs> and I would just dance from one side to the other. I'm a Scotland fan. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the way yeah, to do it. I think. Yeah, you don't want to alienate half a Glasgow and they don't buy the album. So I think yeah, you're right. <laughs> I've got, you're right I've, to, I've got to sit ask on Cal- the fence. Cal- Callum, how many times have you seen the Archie Gemmell goal in lockdown in 1978? <laughs> you know, it is, it is amazing. Every time I watch Spotting or anything like that, it's my favourite scene. It's the Arch- Archie Gemmell. <laughs> yeah. It is a great the, goal. The two, the, the two, <laughs> two you always see, that one, and David Neary's toe poke. They're the ones you, you see a lot of those too, don't you? You know, when I played football, right, our team were so bad, um, they put the, the, the good players in defence so we didn't lose any goals. So mm. I was considered one of the better players, so I got put as sweeper 
but I was the skinniest guy you'd ever seen. And the, the, my coach used to, to just shout at me to toe poke it. He'd be like, put it to the shops, Callum! And I'd, just, I'd toe <laughs> poke it as hard as I could. <laughs> it's amazing how those like phrases stick with you. Put it to the shops, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that's a song title, surely, Callum. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. A, there, there's got to be a football <laughs> song in there for you at some point. That sounds like a corker. The, um, one of your songs, though, that I think we spoke spoke about last time has been picked up or you've kind of repurposed it for for the NHS nurses you did that in lockdown didn't you some heroes don't wear capes yeah well NHS um, you know they were looking for songs with the word the heroes and different stuff and I already had a song called some heroes don't wear capes so I just changed the words to fit it to you know rather than about my dad bringing me up and him being the hero in the story about the NHS and and you know not all not all superheroes wear capes, basically, and um, yeah, it's, it seems to have done really well. And same, um, so I think uh, we gave it to the NHS to sort of help them, and uh, I think it was the right thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Callum, I was just checking out your Instagram here, and uh, uh, there's a photo of you with what I can only describe as the world's largest cigar. It's actually a cigar. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Where did you get that from? Yeah, I found it in my dad's cupboard. Like, Dad, what? I was scared to ask what it was. I said, Dad, Dad, Dad what is it? It's a cigar son. I was like, oh, okay. So, so what I, is it? Uh, like rolling? I'm trying to get an idea. Is it rolling no, pin size? What it's, is it? It's just the about, I'll show you. Cuban cigar or something. Yeah, like like about that big. I'm showing wow. Paul on so what, you're About 18 inches long. <laughs> an 18 inch flat door rock. It's sensational. Is it smokable? I mean, is it just is it a, a prop or is it? I mean, have you tried it? I, I the smokable are. I mean, <laughs> you've been there for a decade till it finishes. Yeah, you would be. be. You, keep, you could keep coming back to it. You wouldn't do it in one sitting. You go blind. The, exactly. your, your story is an interesting one. We touched on it last time, but you kind of you took a big chance in life, didn't you? You know, there's often stories like this, but you just up sticks and moved to Berlin for a while, didn't you? Why? Why uh, there? Did you have any link to the city or, um, or what? Well, I, I sort of, you know what, I, I used to, I just would do anything to get my music heard, you know, so I used to push trolleys in Tesco and I'd use the high-vis jacket to sneak into festivals and hand out my demo, so I'd done that <laughs> at, like, tea in the park and I jumped on stage with R.E.M. and anything <laughs> just mental, you know, just to try and get my music heard. And then, um, so I'd do that and that led me to, to eventually living in London and trying to find a manager and all the rest of it. And um, it wasn't working out. And then my girlfriend, we, we split up and we were gone out since we were child, uh, childhood sort of sweethearts. And uh, so I thought, right, and I'm just going to go somewhere where nobody knows me. I don't know anybody else. And uh, start afresh. And I thought, well, David Bowie did it. So mm, I moved yeah. to Berlin, took a bag of clothes and a guitar and stayed in a hostel for two months and then eventually moved in with two Buddhists. And uh, that was the only place I could find to live. And, uh, yeah, they didn't drink, so I had to sneak out for pints at two in the morning when they were in their bed and come back. <laughs> but you did gigs and stuff and, and, and started to write with people, so it, it was it was a good move for you. Ah, it was great. I, I basically found a producer. A guy came to an open mic night and uh, heard a couple of songs I'd written, and he says, you know, I'd really like to record these. And so he had a... A studio in, a, in an old World War II uh, secret uh, basement. It was like a bunker, and mm. it's where they used to spy on the British planes coming over. Um, so that's where we recorded some of the records. Wow. Uh, fascinating place, and uh, ah, it was brilliant. And uh, here we are. So the new album is uh, sort of available now. People can download it from Spotify and, and everywhere else. Um, yes. and it's plenty of tracks. Fifteen tracks. I I wanted to put twenty five on, but the, but my management wouldn't let me. They were like, "No, no, that's two albums." And I was like, okay. "Oh yeah, yeah, that's so, sensible." I, so I just thought, Do you know what? There's songs there sitting, and I write songs, you know, every single day. And I, I thought I don't want to sit on songs thinking I've got album two written. I, I want to just give it away, and then hmm. I'm back to square one. It's a blank page, so that's what I did. And um, yeah, it's it's been well received, and I. I couldn't they, couldn't they complain really? It's been brilliant. And you have, and you mentioned gigs. You've actually penciled in three for later in the year, in right around Christmas, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, and, and Glasgow. Aye, we've put the dates up um, last week, 
So Edinburgh sold out. Glasgow's just about to sell out, um, and Aberdeen as well. So um, it's been I'm just absolutely delighted. It's like you know, I've come a long way. You know, it's taken years and years of graft and. So any sort of, I like to call them little wins and I treat it like a football team, you know. Any little win I can get, it's a, they all, you know, accumulate and hopefully at the end of the season I win something from it. Oh, nice one. Brilliant. Well, good to talk to you again. Nice all the best for the album and we'll, we'll hopefully see you in the flesh soon in the studio. I'd love that. Take it Take easy. It easy. There we are. There's Callum Beatty there, yeah. uh, singer-songwriter. His new album, People <clears> Like Us, <throat> is out now and say 15 tracks good value the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport the talk sport clips of the week yes that old dusty box of mini discs that uh, turned up <laughs> thank talk sport still paying out uh, here in yes. lockdown we'll bring you a fresh batch of clips <laughs> of the week on friday but um We've got a few more of these old ones, 2003. Um, and again, Beautiful. we've not heard these. We've just been given intros to them, but we've not heard these since then. So, uh, Andy, would you like to kick us off? Yes, we start with Adam Brazil and Mike Parry. And Mike using a classic biblical phrase. But sell Rooney to pay for it or share with Liverpool and keep them, says Scott. Ooh, golly, that is uh, that is the decision of Solomon. Yeah. The wisdom. decision of Solomon. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Solomon's choice. Uh, there we are. A uh, classic bit of Graham Beecroft now, uh, reporting in live from a game. It's been quite a long break as well, just a couple of moments ago, uh, when Marples uh, clashed uh, with the former Doncaster Rovers player who is uh, playing against him this evening. And uh, he actually uh, went down on the ground, Marples, for quite a long time. It was uh, a clash with um, uh, the former Doncaster player help me here boys I've forgotten his name altogether anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> well, it, does it matters to him. to him it's great how soon forgotten yeah. that's good isn't it back to Alan Brazil and Mike Parry taking a call right let's go to Wimbledon Simon morning yeah hi Simon Simon you're not in a tunnel anywhere are you or down a manhole yeah, my telephone's not so good. I can't afford, afford a decent one. Can't afford a decent telephone. <laughs> <laughs> not funny, Mike, is it? But can't really afford a decent is. phone. It's very harsh. <laughs> oh, you're poor. Oh, oh. Anyway, uh, Mr. Perry and Mr. Brazil now again uh, talking racing. And the French are the the they're, they're great horse people. They love coming over to. Well, they eat to, enough to, of them, don't they? They come over. Yeah, exactly. Cheval. Is it Cheval? Cheval. Cheval Cheval, yeah, that's it. Mike, he's still on his animal crusade, isn't he? Oh, they eat enough of them after he gave us the the zoo stuff earlier on. He's amazing. Uh, Nigel, by the way, on Fisherman's Blues here, talking to a caller. Joe, I believe, would like some help with carp fishing. How can we help you, Joe? Uh, We've spoken before, Nigel. I remember. Yeah, well, uh, would you believe it? You've come up with a poem as well, haven't you, Joe? No. No? No, that's not me. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Not Joe the poet, but Joe the fisherman, no, not Joe not, the poet. Not the Joe, yet. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure the next call went a lot better. Starting with John. Good morning to you, John. Hello. Hiya, John. Welcome to Fisherman's Blues. Uh, is that Joe, is it? No, it's Nigel. Nigel, sorry. Nigel. That's all right, no problem. Joe was our last caller. Yeah, he's off writing are. a poet. Yeah, yeah, he's just going to try his hand at poetry. <laughs> Returning to Alan Brazil and Mike Parry. And for two people who work together so closely, I'm sure Mr. Parry wouldn't mispronounce Alan's name, would he? He can put himself a boat. Yeah, you've got a point. Yeah. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I actually, I like Alan, uh, Alan Brill's expression there. Who's Alan Brill? <laughs> Alan Brill. Like a he always thought he was manager. brilliant. <laughs> yeah. We're here from manager Alan Brill. <laughs> Uh, sticking with Alan, uh, taking a call on an early example of one of Andy's favourite types of clips. Let's go to North London. Derek. Hi, Derek. Morning. Hello, Derek. Hello, Alan. Hello, Mike. <laughs> three people. Three Derek presenters. Three people, it's it? odd, that, because Alan the famous... about 12, doesn't he? He, like does, he does. But the famous Mike Dickin clip that we always play at Christmas is also, Hello, Derek. No, I'm Derek. No, you're Derek. It's, it's, yeah, it's the right. ultimate. You're going to have to wait Christmas Eve for that. <laughs> I don't know if it's the Still same yeah. Derek. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, back to Nigel, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. With some bizarre fishing advice for a listener. 
I'd get myself some of those and I'd make sure your rig is just right because you've mentioned to me before, Joe, that you get runs that don't turn into fish. Now, that suggests to me there's something wrong with the mechanics of your rig. Maybe you need to shorten your hair. It doesn't seem doesn't seem associated to it, really, does it? Short back and side, number two all over. What do you mean to Nigel, fishing <laughs> Nigel sounds as young as he does last week. It sound sounds different. exactly the same. Doesn't it's amazing, isn't different. it? The ravages yep. of red wine has taken its toll on one or two of the other <laughs> presenters, clearly. Uh, although point. Mr. Parry doesn't sound any different. You know, he sounds the same, it's true. So this is um, Alan Brazil and Mike Parry again, talking to a caller about Porky's golfing exploits. Mr. Parry in the second tee then, poor people, having a nice cup of tea, scones and jam on the balcony, had to duck when old Porky teed off. God, it's enough to put you off your food watching him play golf. Yep, OK, John, thank you very much indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't didn't like that criticism, did he, Mike? <laughs> I like the idea that poor people were watching, Mike. Was that, they obviously didn't have any mobile phones because they're so poor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Of course, he would have laughed at that. And finally, Andy. <laughs> exactly. And finally, it's a caller to Fisherman's Blues with a bizarre tale. And then I was going in another seat, and I was sitting there and sitting there. And then about ten past five. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? What happened at <laughs> ten past five? I dread to think. He's also the same bloke that's in a famous clip where the bloke sort of blows a raspberry by mistake. Do you know that? I don't clip? know if it's him or not, yeah. Andy. I don't know. It's, it's, it was all a long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> it was all there a we long are. Time ago. <laughs> there are some clips from uh, two thousand and three. As uh, as lockdown, can, well, we're kind of coming out of it, of course, and the football returning. But in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll raid that old box of mini discs. And uh, hopefully keep bringing you a few old clips from that sort of era. But anyway, let's squeeze in um, Steve Bruce's murder mystery striker. We rejoin it where we did yesterday. The Lettersford town manager, Steve Barnes, is attempting to hitchhike his way home after escaping a couple of armed hitmen who were out to kill him. And of course, to get away from him, he had to swim the length of a reservoir and has been standing there in the buff. But, and now no one, for some reason, will pick up a bedraggled, semi-naked uh, Premier League or, sorry, championship manager. The previous day, I'd reached the paranoid conclusion that the police were keeping tabs on me. So where were they now, when I really needed them? No sooner had that thought entered my mind than another vehicle came over the brow of the hill and into sight. It was a police car. I smiled happily. This time, I was truly pleased to see the boys in blue. In fact, it was a male constable driving and a female officer. The woman got out quickly and without questions or ado, pushed me into the back seat. Soon we were moving in the direction of Leddesford. Doing a bit of hiking, are we? The driver said cruelly. Does it look like it? I asked. It's a hosing down for you, the woman said. Forget about gentleness and the opposite sex. She was a copper first and a woman second. Just take a look at me, I said. Looks like you've had a rough time, the woman replied, but more in sarcasm than in sympathy. Are you both blind, I said. These bruises, the skin lacerated from her hands. I was snatched. Snatched? the woman asked. Bloody kidnapped! In front of my own house, I said. The driver had been observing me through his rearview mirror. Suddenly the light dawned. He pulled the car over to the left, and he turned in his seat. It's Steve, isn't it? It bloody well is, I said. I'm thirsty, worn out, in pain, and to cap it all, a tough game to prepare for. Fulton, on Friday, he said. Yes, and I need a bloody good striker, I retorted. That was the truth of it. I needed a striker for the important game. Fulton are also title contenders. We are lying third in the first division, just behind the two leaders. There are ten, possibly a dozen sides, capable of winning promotion to the Premier League. It's still very open. We can't afford to slack. Every game is a needle match. There we are. And lovely use yes. of the word ado in isolation. You often say without further ado, but uh, yeah. Steve quite likes it just on its own, without without ado, questions or ado, uh, he says. Beautifully done. I think we're going to have to get uh, Dance to do a PG version. I'm not happy about that. Well, he gets, three getting swearing. Bit, it's getting a three bit, swear uh, words in there. 
it would be nice if sort of Tarantino got older striker, wouldn't it? We, we could never play the, the, police, the police woman said to him, it's a hosing down for you, but he was soaking already. What would he need a hosing down for? Well, I think he, he stank of fetid water, really. In, oh, in I suppose so, car, yeah. not, not pleasant. And, uh, yeah, uh, tremendous. Uh, good old Steve. Thank you to Dance for bringing it to life, of course, as he has throughout. We'll, we'll see it through the bitter end. How many more pages we got left? Uh, well, it's about 40. I don't know what that constitutes. It should be done by the time of Euro 2021 with the luck. <laughs> Finishes, yeah, I would think so. But anyway, not long to go now. And I think, we you know, we're duty bound to see it through, aren't we? Of oh, course. we've got to we see it know, through. We want to know what happens. We want to know what happens at the terrible end. terrible if we stop. If Steve doesn't mind We missed mind it out one day and people were really upset. People, people went mad. <laughs> Marching on talk sport with lit torches. I did ask earlier on, Andy, um, who are the champions of uh, university rowing? And, of course, one of the mm. TalkSport listeners who I should give a name check to if I can just find it here. It's going to take three quarters of an hour to redraw now, isn't it? Uh, bear, bear with me. You're listening to Hawksby and James. Yes, go on. Uh, Ian James, who sent it in. Thank you, Ian. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, the leading university team are indeed Cambridge. They're ranked uh, first overall. Newcastle are second. They're the second best university rowing team. Oh, at the okay. Then it's Imperial London, Edinburgh, a couple of other London universities working their way through. Uh, Oxford are seventh, actually. I thought Loughborough might be in there with their uh, sporting yeah. connections, but they're not. But Glasgow, St Andrews, Birmingham, Surrey, they're all represented. Cardiff, Aberdeen, Leeds. But uh, Cambridge are the kings of the castle when it comes to university yeah. rowing. So this is because Mike Parry was calling on a 16-team a competition, it not always being Oxford and Cambridge. And the Part final be on the theories today. Actually, it's a good theory. It's bad. Yeah. Right, I quite like to see a okay. Cambridge-Newcastle final. Make yeah, a change. make a change. It would. It would. Yeah. yeah, okay. Maybe we're with him. Maybe he's not as mad as he sounds, although he probably is. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Congratulations to all those teams promoted and certainly those that uh, won their respective leagues uh, yesterday. We'll be chatting to comedian Ivo Graham, a Swindon Town fan, in a few moments' time. But before that, um, the club, they're very good on social media, actually, and they sent out uh, a poem with the, the uh, 2019 20 story and martin the talk sport listener forwarded this to me the other day and uh, it's it's pretty moving actually we'll give you a little uh, excerpt of it now this is a story that should have been different a tale of happiness earned through commitment instead we have quiet bittersweet feeling a nation and town with a desire for healing through strange mathematics our goal is achieved we showed heart and fight we always believed but don't forget you got us here too. The fans, your support, it wouldn't have felt right without you. We yearn one day for the return of together. Packed football grounds, whatever the weather. Through all this talk of division or league, we want the people back. That much is agreed. So in isolation, with heartache, our victory secured. We can't wait to see you when this virus is cured. Ooh. Beautifully done. And uh, mm. over some lovely footage of the team in action. And um, we always talk Swindon uh, with our next guest, comedian Ivo Graham. Good afternoon, Ivo. Good afternoon, Paul. Hello. <laughs> you sound very happy. Did you, did you <laughs> hi, celebrate? Hi, hi. Did you crack <laughs> open the champagne last night? <laughs> yes, a few Wiltshire ales were enjoyed. <laughs> Points per game triumph. Um, what a lovely triumph it's been. Thank you for having me on. You know, we don't have to talk about Swindon, but it does feel entirely appropriate. It, yeah, it certainly does. I mean, how do you feel well, about it? a very good it? season. I mean, yeah, I mean, it has been. But how do you feel about the the nature of it? I mean, it's not what anybody really would have uh, wanted, but are you, are you feeling a bit conflicted? It's exactly how I saw it going, actually. I put a bet on it at the start of the season. Season over in March, uh, champions by points per game in June. I got very good odds. Uh, I'm a very wealthy man. Oh, OK. I've just got a little bit of breaking news has come in, which I'll bring you away from the world of football. Um, uh, we hear that Eddie Hearn said Anthony Joshua has reached the agreement with Tyson Fury on a two-fight deal. What about wow. that? Well, That's more, exciting. We'll they're not going to fight in Swindon, are they? Story. <laughs> they may be fighting at Swindon. I don't know. But, wow, There's that's a great... Gr- that's a patch of green in the middle of the Magic Roundabout, which... Uh, <laughs> Would be the that, ideal, I'd say. That is something to look forward to, though, you know, because I think people have wanted to, you know, you're always sceptical these big fights are going to get made. So, yeah, more on drive on that story. That's very exciting news. Uh, Joshua, yeah, is he going to be in Eddie's back garden? 
But it probably will be the way things are going. Yeah. So honestly, back to so back to Sweden. Back to uh, Sweden. Sweden. Mm. Back to Sweden. Back to Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. This has completely um, thrown you. This breaking news, hasn't it? It has. It has <laughs> slightly. Yeah. It has slightly. So, um, the tension in the studio is palpable from this. Edinburgh <laughs> cannot let League One and League Two clubs enjoy their glory for a day. <laughs> He's had to ruin it. It's because we're not talking about late Norian, who was 17. He's getting upset. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you feel? Do you feel any sympathy for? I mean, it could be Macclesfield. Though the Macclesfield players are not very happy with the way things are going. But um, Stevenage or Macclesfield, still, you have any sympathy for Stevenage at the other bottom of the at the other end of the table? Should I say? Uh, yes. I mean, um, you know, it's it's not the drop anyone wants to make into the conference because you fear it's the sort of drop you'll never come back from. And in these circumstances, it's certainly not ideal. And they've they've given us a bit of a heart. I can't, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Stevens we beat in the last minute at the county ground, which was one of the big uh, big games that sort of kick-started our season and Owen Doyle's superb scoring run. Um, but uh, anyway, this is this is about them, not us. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I've been so focused on how the top of the table should be resolved, I haven't given much thought to how gutting it must be to sort of hope that you might be able to turn it round and then not get a chance to. Yeah, um, but the season had you know the, the the season had to end, and there are going to be winners and losers to that, I suppose. Desperately try not to say anything. It's not going to see my inbox flooded with angry. <laughs> oh, don't worry, you can't avoid it if you're talking about football. Now the, it's a different scale to Liverpool, but obviously the Swindon fans would love to celebrate this at some point. I see the the boss Richie Wellens has said they'll wait uh, to celebrate in front of the fans, however long it takes. But uh, I, I presume people in Swindon have been pretty restrained and haven't sort of gone taken to the streets and celebrated. There hasn't been a sort of palpable sense of riot in the quite sleepy corner of Wiltshire that I'm locked down in. Um, mm. You know, I, I sort of uh, waved a scarf out of a window for a bit, but the rest of the neighbours didn't really catch on. Um, <laughs> there have been a few things. Apparently, there were a few fans outside the ground uh, last night, um, toyed with going to join them, but uh, bath and bedtime for my daughter proved a, sort of a little bit of a, a mutiny of its own, sadly. Um, it's, um, it, is a, it is a nice thing to celebrate, but then it's hard because... You sort of want to celebrate it, you know, with a game and, and with the players, really. Um, it would be lovely to meet up with, you know, a thousand or whatever Swindon fans and, and sort of jump up and down. But it would be nice if there was actually an event that that could centre around. And there's talk, apparently, that there might be some sort of exhibition match of uh, of this championship winning team against the 2012 uh, champions that Paolo Di Canio led to glory. Now, I don't know if that is just a rumour, but it's a very exciting thought for the nostalgics amongst us. Two Swindon teams playing each other. <laughs> yes, that could be nice. Yes. Well, it's a way of celebrating anyway. Is there still a bit of an issue over the the kind of future of the club? I remember reading something last month where the lead power, the owner, was saying that, you know, things were really tough financially and there were kind of concerns over that. Um, what's the latest on that from? On this special day... I do not want to discuss the yeah. looming threat of administration in the <laughs> The fact is that this title has been marred by talk of some very dodgy dealings and an astonishing uh, link to Gareth Barry. Uh, uh, but yes. This is not the day to be talking about Gareth Barry, and it's not the day to be talking about Anthony Joshua. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> October and March, we were very good on the pitch, and we racked up enough points to win it, to win the title, even though we came second. It is a sullied achievement, but an achievement nonetheless. Yeah, indeed. I love, the, I love the way that you said watching Swindon clinch the title with a 5 0 home win in 2012 was great, but I always hoped to see us win League Two in the proper way, and then you go on to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Very good of you, Andy. A tweet I was so pleased with. I retweeted it yesterday. Has <laughs> anybody missed it? That's <laughs> good. Yeah. So, uh, you, I mean, we, last time we spoke a little while ago, you, you've been doing some sort of online gigs and keeping busy and stuff. How, how's things at the moment? It's a similar sort of thing. There are, um, you know, the industry is sort of trying to find whatever way it can to do any sort of comedy work. So there are gigs online. I did one on, on, a, on a Zoom call uh, last week, uh, which felt very weird. But, uh, you know, it's, it's 
as good as one can hope for in one's own bedroom. Um, there's going to be some gigs at sort of like tr- like drive-in comedy gigs over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, you know, I, I don't really know how that's going to work. Obviously, the audience will be sat in their cars. Um, I, I'm not massively excited about the prospect of sort of busking it to a, to a silent car park. But you just got to hope that inside the cars, people are having a good time. Um, and then, you know, all gigs until the end of the year are probably going to get cancelled. And, and we just have to hope that next year things can start coming back. It's a scary time for the industry. But then yeah. it's a scary time for quite a lot of industries, isn't it? So it I would be a bit sure. like the gong show, wouldn't it? be like you could be sort of horned off. You could be hooted off. If it's going well, hopefully you'll hear laughter from inside the car if they keep their windows open. But if it's not going well, <laughs> you'll get, you know, you to, that's the problem, I, I suppose. What a, what an absolutely fantastic car horn that was that you were able to produce. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I was a clown at one point. Uh, fantastic. Well, uh, Ivo, congratulations once again on Swindon's yes, well fine uh, promotion. And uh, we will catch up with you soon. All the best. Thank you very much, guys. Now go and focus on that boxing news. I will do, yes. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's Ivo Graham there. So, yeah, in case you missed that, five yeah, minutes ago. Um, we should just oh. let people know that uh, Tyson Fury and, uh, and uh, Anthony Joshua, Eddie Hearn says a deal has been done, two-fight deal. So that, that's going to happen, which is very exciting. And Frank uh, Warren was on, I think he was on Breakfast with Jim last week, and he was talking about step-aside money. We've discussed this as well. Yeah. And it, it must have happened, mustn't it, because Wilder was there and there were other people. Was it well, I take it we're going to hear from yeah. Eddie on Drive, so we'll find out what the timeline is. But you see, boxing returned to Vegas. We spoke to Gareth A. Davis from the Fine Boxing Show here on TalkSport about it last week. And MGM Grand, um, Bob Aaron put a bill on at the MGM Grand last night, an empty MGM Grand, which must have been very, very weird. The players still did the ring fans. walks. I don't know if they bothered with the the uh, the music. Really? But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there were fights on there. But as we were saying to Gareth, people who that did witness it were saying, is that more visceral? Apparently, I think one of the fights was stopped by a body shot. You can only imagine the noise the guy who took that oh, body yeah. shot made. And when you see yeah, boxing, you, you, as I said, when you live, hear boxing. You see it live, sure. Yeah. It, it feels, it, it's more troubling often than it is when you see it on TV where the, 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 the kind of cheers of the crowd yeah. cover out the noise of the boxer. The going, sound, yeah. Ah! Yeah, good. <laughs> Sound of leather on face. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport. Well, um... This is a nice story. Uh, Ian Stimson, his dad, his son, uh, Finley, found some aspects of lockdown. I think we all have, really. Quite mm. tough going. And so when his boy on FIFA 
got uh, Peterborough to the Carabao Cup final to take on the mighty Spurs. Ian thought he would make a bit of an occasion of it, and I think it's fair to say he did. I'm very pleased to say <laughs> um, Ian joins us now. Good afternoon, Ian. Afternoon. How are you? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Good, so, thanks. Uh, I've kind of basically summed it up, but uh, you, you went to town on the day, didn't you? You gave Finley the full experience. As full as I could, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, as you say, Finley's had a bit of a tough time, as a lot of us have uh, during lockdown. So, yeah, I um, I do a podcast, a football podcast, with a couple of mates, and uh, they suggested I should get suited and booted for it. And then when I sort of mentioned that to Finley, the idea took off a little bit. He seemed very interested in doing as much as possible. So, yeah, I ran with it a little bit, um, a little bit too far, perhaps, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's yeah. brilliant. No, it's brilliant. And, and it is difficult, isn't it? If an only child, you know, you haven't got your sibling, you know, it's just, you, I, you, I do sympathise. So this was a really fun thing to do. And you really took it, you went the whole way, didn't you? Tell above us exactly and beyond. How it, above and beyond, exactly. You, so the three o'clock, you went with the three o'clock kickoff, which is, which is nice. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be the case with most cup games now. But it's still, it was good. You were good and traditional. And you kicked yeah. off with the, the breakfast. We've got, we see, it's a whole thread on, on your Twitter feed if people mm. want to check out the pictures. But uh, you started off with the full English. I mean, which is not great for a... I mean, it's like something from the 70s, isn't it? You don't get many players in a cup final having fried bread at nine o'clock in the morning, do you? No, quite. Perhaps I am a traditionalist, but some of it was <laughs> definitely winging it and some of it was a bit pre-prepared. So the um, obviously the slow-motion arrival videos, that was done uh, in advance because I had to do that on iMovie and stuff. So uh, we pre-prepared that. But then a lot of the stuff like... Um, yeah, picture of breakfast and obviously the trophy lift acted quite quickly because he'd won. So um, I bought some uh, birthday candle firework things, but I only had a pack of three. So um, I had two that I'd blue tacked to the banister and uh, we tested one of them. And then I said to Finley, uh, you, we've only got one shot of this, mate, because uh, I've only got two of these candles. So... Uh, yeah. I was piling the pressure onto him, even though this was supposed to be fun. But uh, he took direction well. He was good. He was good. The arrival he of the team celebrating bus. brilliantly. Yeah, we did like the arrival of the team bus. Actually, we've got a little clip from the arrival of it. It's your right. estate car, of course. But uh, here we are. This was Finley getting out the team coach, inverted commas, uh, before the big match at Wembley. And now the man at the moment. He's very much hoping to put Peterborough on the map for something other than low-cost labour and daytime drinking. He looks incredibly focused there. We'll bring you his progress after the break. There we are. So giving you a flavour of, uh, of what was going on. And then you had him hoovering at the living room pre-match, which, again, I don't think you're going to find many of the posh players having to do on cup final day. But I think, yeah, that's a nice idea, I think. Uh, perhaps not, but as you say, I was uh, going the traditional route, so I thought I'd get into yeah. it. It was just a way to get into decent jobs, really. It was... Uh, he was in full kit and he was willing to do whatever it seemed. So I was just getting yeah. it over up. Yeah, you gave it the full the Sky Mac- Sports oh, yeah. experience. Mm. I was going to say the pictures, big, but you've. Uh, I think this is a bit wishful thinking for Peterborough fans because you had Finley uh, and two other Peterborough players, but as you didn't have any <laughs> yeah. Sky Sports style graphics for Peterborough, you put Pedro and Eden Hazard there, which are, I think <laughs> the chance of them linking up at, at London Road is is pretty uh, remote. I would think. Yeah, perhaps. I, I had just sort of got a team in blue, really. That was the only thinking behind that one. And our own Max Rushton got involved. Obviously, he's a, a Cambridge fan, so he's not going to be uh, too mm. well disposed towards Peterborough. What was his objections? Well, his objection, I think, is mainly with me. I um, I used to be his sound man on Soccer AM back in the day. Oh. So uh, <laughs> okay. his anti-Peterborough <laughs> agenda with me goes back quite a while. So uh, That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Having said this was a lovely idea, I'm not massively impressed with the fact that Spurs got uh, beaten quite soundly in the final. I enjoyed the game. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I was all the goals going in. But was it 3 0, wasn't it? 3 0 gubbing. 2 1 in the end. Oh, Oh, 2 0. At least we fought back. 2 1, yeah. Typical Spurs. Yeah, yeah, and that was about fifty percent of the tweets I was getting. Actually, was like, oh, Spurs can't even beat a child in a final. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> still can't win a trophy. A lot of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. the trophy shot with the two uh, fireworks on the stairs is 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 very inventive. It's very good. Um, and I like the, the fact that Finlay scored in the final. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. That's that's been his main thing actually. Every every couple of hours, I've just been getting him asking <laughs> how many people have watched the goal now. 
Hamilton more impressive in the numbers than anything, yeah. And Peterborough United themselves reached out, didn't they? Said they were rooting for him, uh, which was very yeah. nice. Yeah, it was amazing. We had um, the chairman, although his Twitter bio now calls himself El Presidente rather than chairman. But uh, <laughs> really? we had Dara. Yeah, he's, he's uh, apparently resigned, but I'm not sure how much we can trust that Twitter. Uh, Twitter I don't bio. think so. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah, Dara retweeted a couple of the posh players, and uh, yeah, they've said uh, Finley can come and meet some of the players once all the virus stuff is done with. So yeah, I mean that was amazing. We had match of the day tweet as well. I mean, it all just went a bit. It went a bit crazy, really. Fantastic. That's I, I, great. We, we should uh, at Ian Stimson. People should go and check it out on Twitter and yeah, look at all excellent. the pictures. It's a lot of fun. Say, so, Dad of the Year country this year. And very, very, very well done. Um, with your sort of professional hat on, I'm just interested to know what you think as a sound man who knows mm. and, and has kind of worked in TV and football and stuff. I mean, they may be turning to people like you to kind of sweeten the sound of Premier League football when it returns. What do you make of that, that whole idea? Because it will need someone who can kind of choreograph it from an audio point of view, someone who knows their football. So it's, I, think, I think it can be effective uh, when football returns because you can have an option to listen to it like that or to listen yeah. to a kind of clean feed. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting challenge, really. I mean, you're going to have to be sort of potentially watching the game maybe a bit closer than you would to sort of have a old cheer or offside booze or something. I don't know it's uh, yeah it's going to be a different type of mix into uh, the stuff I used to do definitely I've always wanted to ask actually a sound person because when you're watching a game live and there's a crowd in a normal game pre-lockdown uh, you'll hear a chant start up and you can clearly hear the swearing you can clearly hear what I'm not going to do <laughs> one but you can clearly hear what it is and then by the time the chants come somehow it's all sort of you know, it's like someone's mixing. It's all gone a bit sort of woolly. You can't quite hear the words. <laughs> Does that happen? Is there somebody actually doing that? It's, it's actively being mixed, yeah, with the, the various mics around the, the around the pitch. So, um, yeah, if you know a particular uh, side of the pitch is uh, chanting something they shouldn't be, I imagine that the uh, the other side of the mics, the other side of the pitch, might suddenly go up a bit in level to try and balance uh, it out. Okay. Yeah. It's certainly being actively mixed, yeah. You're going to need another effect now. You're going to need that annoyed exasperation that can go on for about three minutes while you wait for a VAR decision where people yeah. just get it's a kind of bubbling under effect with a bit of swearing in it and people going, oh, come on. Come and, on. Uh, you know, and then uh, VAR. That yeah, <laughs> you get that song. Don't you? Yeah, and, uh, people, you know, what's happened to the game, etc. Good stuff. Um, well, look, good to talk to you, Ian. Give our best to Finley and, and well done. Thanks very much. Will be. Thanks very much for having me on. Cheers. There are Ian Stimson there, Dad of the Year. And go and check, check out some of those pictures and, and the videos. It's a lot of fun. Nice idea. So, uh, talking of uh, posh, uh, Barry Fry was on uh, breakfast earlier on, wasn't he? And uh, understandably, with uh, Peterborough missing out um, and on the playoffs because of the, uh, the, the, the way that the points system was decided. Very not, harsh. He was not massively happy, old Bazza. This no, is what I he had to say. Him. If we got up to the championship, we was going to make him the best-paid player in Peterborough United's history. He wants to play in the championship or the premiership. But we can't stand in his way now because we give it our word, you, you know, that if we didn't get up, we'd sell him. Now, the positive is, you know, we had 12 clubs in for him. And since then, I've, I've also had some clubs abroad in. So, hopefully, we will sell him and we'll only sell him, and it'll give Darren Ferguson the opportunity to keep all of his other players yeah. together. There we are. He's talking about Ivan Tony, of course, their yeah, uh, hot course. player. They're both the old firm clubs showing an interest, and lots more besides. A very, very good player. So, yeah, not, not a happy man, uh, Barry, and breakfast back, of course, tomorrow morning at uh, 6. Still to come with us, Mike Ward will be joining us with uh, the pick of tonight's TV. And in the meantime, do you have anything else for us? I mean, I think you, oh, may, have a, I you may have a couple of uh, moments to work your magic. I hadn't even expected it. I see that uh, Gemma Collins was interesting. And, and this kind of confirms, yeah, it confirms okay. my view about her because, mm. you know what I said to you, I think she's much brighter than she makes makes out. So she was it's talking a, about... A, well, somebody was, saying, who was telling us that the other day about Joey Essex, somebody who was in uh, yeah. SAS, who dares? It's a bit of a turn, isn't it? It's, it's kind I of, think it's, it's a bit of a turn. It suits them. The pair of them probably, you yeah. know, it's, it's like backstage at University Challenge when they get together, but they're just <laughs> not letting on. We're all being played. 
I think she bought a bike, and so she said, uh, it's been really interesting, because when I first took the bike out, I could only do flat surfaces. Literally, as weeks have been going on, I'm now in seven gears on one side and three on the other. I've still not worked out what they mean, but I bet you have. I bet you actually do know how they... She said she only had one Big Mac, rather than her usual complete blowout, because she's okay, gone well, off. This is all great stuff. news, Andy. It's well, why it's she gets her own stuff. podcast for the gold like this. Um, there is a real concern, Andy. There'll be no panto this Christmas. Uh, Theatres admit oh, yes. they normally well, have to start casting and, and putting everything together for Christmas in the summer. Mm. So uh, oh, Christmas cancelled, that'd be a disaster. No, but what big thing do? Can they not put, like, you know, say they took one exactly the same one from last year, all the actors would know the words. They'd know that it wouldn't be that difficult to stage at a, a later date. There must be a way of doing well, this. Well, you can't, you can't, it's a bit, you can't, you know, you can't do, don't do a panto in July. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying do it in okay. July. I'm saying make it a summer theatre thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Have it, have it on at Christmas, but. You know, just you can't do a new one. You've got to do last year's one in effect. I don't oh, know. okay. What were the old? The see, a lot of the gags are very zeitgeisty, aren't they? They're all big oh, gags yeah, about true. people from last year that yeah, uh, we've that's all true. forgotten all about. Brexit. Last year's winner of Love Island. All the Brexit material. It's an old do, isn't true. it? Yeah. Maybe all you've got to that's do is have point. just two kids in the theatre. One's oh yes, he is. One's yeah. oh no, he isn't. Or you can have a few kids. Somebody, somebody's <laughs> behind you. Somebody does the yeah. booing. So they've all got a job. All got a job to yeah, keep it going. That could be uh, good. Yeah, let's why hope not? it doesn't. Let's hope it doesn't come with that Christmas without Panto. That's uh, that's not great, isn't it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Time to uh, look ahead tonight on TV, and the company's always of Brighton supporting Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Afternoon, guys. And we start with your club because mm. uh, I mentioned gave a mention yesterday because they've gone down the cardboard cutout route of the Amex, oh, yes. so the uh, fans can be represented. And you've kindly sent us your uploaded <laughs> picture. You've heard your 20 quid uh, to be, some of it, I think quite a lot of it going to charity, apart yeah. from the production cost, right, which is yeah. a nice touch. And uh, you're going to be at the Amex, aren't you? I am going to, as close as can possibly be in, in, in two-dimensional form, going to be um, at the Amex. Yeah, I've had my wife uh, took the photo this afternoon. I put on my old skint top from nearly 20 years ago. Still fits. You'd be impressed. Uh, and you <laughs> have to good. then go, you upload it and you have to fit it into a shape. A fixed shape um, that looks, I don't know, it's like the shape that the, the, the army used for firing practice. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like you're going to be used <laughs> in the does. wall at training. It does. Does. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Even down to how I'm standing. Yeah, it does. It looks like you're covering your vitals there. <laughs> and, those, and shirts, those shirts from ni- uh, 1990s, they were quite baggy. Let's they were quite baggy. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, <laughs> they were they quite needed forgiving. To be. Yeah, and we're doing, yeah, we're doing programs as well, physical programs as well as digital ones for all the last five remaining home games. So, wow, yeah, go that's fantastic. Your, your hair didn't quite fit in the top. Quiff. The <laughs> COVID quiff, quiff didn't get in, did it? I yeah. have got a COVID quiff. I couldn't decide whether to lower it a bit and get more of the quiff in, but the, and that would have got some of the gut out as well, so it, it would have worked both ways. too late now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow. Robert Bathurst from Cold Feet and Toast. Okay. is among our guests and uh, who else we got for you? Simon Day will be popping up oh, hey, as well. Excellent. I, I, want, yeah. I want one of those cardboard cutouts at Chelsea. I think that's yeah. a really gonna, fun uh, idea. Hopefully our clubs will start to get their acting gear and we can have our own cardboard cutouts at our respective grounds. So thanks for listening and uh, we will catch up with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. 